Glitterball Podcast. And just like that, our first housemate shaped domino has fallen. We've had our first eviction. And boy, was it a battle of the mamas indeed. Farida versus Kerry. And one of them got the boot. And we're going to talk all about that, nominations, and the fallout from Big Brother's venture into big business. Yes, it is week one, part two, as we've unfurled more of our housemates' banners and finally given one the boot. Ah, yes, it's begun. With so much to talk about, let's just get into it, shall we? Welcome to He's Always Watching, a Big Brother podcast. Before we get into the discussion, dissection and analysis of this episode, just a reminder, I'm not judging these housemates as total people. I'm judging them off the edit we are seeing, so please be kind and don't send any hate. It's only a game show. It's not that serious. Let's get into talking about week one, part two. Oh boy, I can't believe we finally had our very first eviction of the series. It was a battle of the mummers, but we'll get to that soon enough. For the rest of the week, we've seen Big Brother go into big business with the launch of Big Bros Limited. What an incredible, incredible task. Because I think it's where we finally saw the rubber hit the proverbial road and saw the true colours of some of these housemates. Some wanted to take charge more. Some just wanted to play and kick off. And that is kind of the joy of Big Brother, and this task definitely gave us that. We had the house divided into three different categories with the big wigs, the middle management, and the bottoms. And boy, did that put the cat amongst the proverbial pigeons. Let's dive into our big wigs. So you had Henry, you had Trish, and you had Yinran. Some of these housemates, I think, were better suited to this role than others. I would say Yinran took to it like a duck to water, and it was kind of adorable and deeply enjoyable to watch. Her in that giant wig will never not make me laugh, and just the seriousness of which she took this task with is deeply admirable, but also deeply entertaining. It's only a task for a shopping budget, you know, and calm down. Then you had Henry, whose boarding skill, stiff upper lip, certainly came in handy. And then you had Trish, who I would say is the wild card of the big wigs. And I don't know if she was super well suited to this role. She looked great in the blue wig, but... I don't know if she was super well suited to this role. However, the joy of her being a bigwig is that we got to see more of her with Yinran, which I love. I love them as a duo. I said that in part one, and I stand by it. That is my one opinion, really, that hasn't shifted this week, is they are a beautiful double act. However, it's middle management that I think would cause the most HR headaches at Big Bros Limited, especially with Kerry and Farida. But then you also had Zach, you had Matty, you had Tom, and you had Dylan, I think. Look, to be honest, the attention for me for middle management was squarely on Kerry and Farida. They really sucked all the oxygen out of the room. 
for better, but also for worse. I mean, obviously. But what I think is interesting is we didn't really see the others that were involved in the middle management stepping up to this plate. I mean, we saw Zach say, is this meeting mandatory? Like, that's a bad start to begin with, isn't it? Like, ooh, ooh. Before we get to the bottom rung of the corporate ladder, I want to give a special mention to our fire warden, the ever unhappy Jordan. There, there is something so deeply entertaining to his I don't really care, but I'm still here attitude about it all. And I will never not find that I have to deal with you if you're hysterical. Please don't be hysterical. Just completely hysterical. It's very much giving that corporate colleague who just does not want to be here and is doing the bare minimum. Speaking of the bare minimum, let's dive into our bottom rung of the corporate ladder. And Olivia is certainly someone who was doing the bare minimum and did not want to be doing that at all. Then you had... Sorry, Dylan was in this bottom rung. Now my brain has gone ding. And he was trying to keep them afloat which is admirable, but I think when you've got people like Jenkin and Olivia in this group, it's not going to go well. All in all, I think this was kind of the perfect task because the power dynamics then brought out how these housemates react under different power dynamics when Big Brother is not the only one who is in charge. After this, we will dive into the middle days of this task and then our big first eviction oh hi welcome back let's talk about the rest of this task just a genius idea from the IT department to the fire drills I think the fire drills were my favourite part not only for Jordan's humour but it was just lovely seeing them run around in complete and utter chaos the IT department was also another interesting Attempt. It felt very elaborate for a small piece of the task, so it's interesting to see the production team go to such an effort for, like, the mini-task, which is kind of nice. It was interesting how calm and controlled Matty was, even though I think he was a little confused with that. But the mini-task that I thought was probably the most boring, which was kind of disappointing, was Zach. And Paul in the mailroom. Was it fun to see them get sprayed with faux pigeon poo? Sort of, I guess. Not really. Paul is not bringing much for me this week. I'm a little bored. I don't quite understand why he was promoted. While I completely understand why Farida was demoted because... She was causing far too much trouble and apparently wanted to be part of the bottom rung, even though she didn't seem like she put in that much effort once she was. Uh, I don't know. Paul is just kind of there for me at the moment. Yeah. But to wrap up the big wigs task, they passed. They have such a rarity in a luxury shopping budget because they beat the KPIs for their very first full week in the Big Brother house. My goodness, corporate were generous, weren't they? This in itself was interesting because you had 16 people who 
don't really know each other that well yet, absolutely losing their minds over the shopping. My God, did they lose their minds over the shopping. I was really quite shocked. Farida was just kind of all over the place. I felt like she didn't really like not having that much control. We kind of saw that in the discussion of the bottoms being prioritized when it came to the shopping. It was just utter chaos. And I'm like, you guys have a luxury shopping budget. How are you gonna cope if and when you end up with an economy shopping budget? That's not gonna end well, is it? Not at all. Yikes. Big old yikes, but they did manage to complete it somehow. Uh, Big Brother have mercy on their housemate souls that they they got it done in the end. But I think it is time for us to talk about the main event. Let's get to nominations and eviction, shall we? Okay, well, first of all, I was one out of two correct for my eviction predictions. Uh, so Farida was obviously up. But joining her was her middle management co-worker, it was Kerry. I guess that's not a great surprise given they were both very loud, both very clashing. I am a little surprised that Paul was the only one that really made that big of an impact when it came to nominations. I thought there would be a few more votes thrown around, but I guess... Given they could only vote for one person this week, that's the way the nomination cookie crumbled. But I do think, given that we know we are getting two nominees each from the housemates in the coming week, there's going to be quite a lot of room for some wild cards, I believe, or some big vote numbers going to certain people. But let's get into the eviction. It was Kerry versus Farida, and Farida is the first housemate to leave the Big Brother house. Will she suffer the first housemate out curse and be forgotten? Somehow I don't think that is very likely, given she was very outspoken in her interview and in the social clips we've seen post her eviction. I don't think she will fade away like some of our other first housemates. The whole process of her eviction in that live show was a little odd, to be honest, with you. My first major criticism of this show has to be that they're doing this weird kind of rolling technique from main show to late and live, which I guess is fine because they're on the same channel, but it just feels a little disjointed. And the fact that they're doing the interview in the late and live studio... It just feels a bit off to me. It feels a bit odd, really, I guess you could say. And I felt like the interview was like a tiger without its teeth in the sense they didn't really go into the tension between Kerry and Farida that much. And it was interesting given what we'd seen in the highlight show where we saw a very different side of Farida playing pre-eviction mind games with Kerry, which is great television. But I was surprised that they didn't really ask about that. It was almost as if this day before the eviction didn't exist. 
in a sense. It was a bit odd because we definitely saw a change in Farida's character, which in a lot of ways was great, but for them to not really touch on that and kind of focus on the sunshine and lollipops of it all was a little strange to me. Especially because on one hand, in the edit of the show, you're showing us this, but then you don't want to touch on it at all in the interview. It feels a bit lopsided. I'm glad they showed it in the edit, but also ask her about it and be like, what's the go? Like, let her have a right to reply to how it came across in the edit. I don't know. That's just me. Do I think the public made the right choice? Yes given how irritated Farida was becoming in that house, I believe, I feel like it would have reached a point where she would have probably walked had she not been evicted either this week or next. I honestly feel like if she wasn't evicted in week one, she may well have walked in week two. I don't think she would have held on, which is really interesting. It'll be curious to see how long Carrie survives or if she picks on somebody else. I'm, I'm not too sure. There's something about Carrie that I can't quite put my finger on just yet. And I guess we kind of saw that in the Sunday episode because, yes, this week one wrap is also including Sunday. We saw that, I think, with the discussions she had had with her housemates about Farida and even just about her own life, I think the woman's a little out of touch with reality given her quite comfortable job and her high band of pay. And I'm not saying she hasn't earned it, but she just comes across as a little self-absorbed. I... I can't quite put my finger on what it is just yet. I'll, I'll keep watching her intently and I'll let you know. But the way they handled post-eviction episode was quite interesting. And honestly, bravo, well done to the production team. This was really great. Because they gave us, like, the in-house snippet post-Farida's eviction, which is exactly what you need. Also... Why were people crowding around Carrie? Why? She was safe. Why were you bawling your eyes out? You're safe. I mean, wouldn't you want to comfort more the woman that's being ousted by the... uh, I don't know, maybe that's just me. Yeah, just very odd atmosphere of an eviction. And I wonder whether that will be a trend we'll continue to see going forward or whether they will be a bit more united now that Farida is gone. You can also see that groups are slowly starting to form and I think it's going to make for a very, very interesting week this week. I'm not quite sure who is going to kick off with who just yet, but time will tell. I feel like Carrie is probably going to be at the centre of the drama again this week. I can't help but shake the feeling because something just feels a bit forced with Carrie. Like, even 
hearing her in that discussion about her pain and Jenkin kind of wising her up to the reality of everybody else around her. I felt like I was watching a pantomime. I don't know. But there you go. That is it. We have reached the end of a whistle stop tour of the last few days of week one in Britain's most famous house. Thank you so much for being here. God, I love this show. And my God, it's been one hell of a first week. But if you have loved the first week, come and say hello and give me your opinions over on the He's Always Watching Instagram. There's a link in the show notes. Thank you for being here and thank you for the magnificent response to this podcast. I am so delighted to have you here on this journey with me. It's going to be a hell of a ride. So thank you for listening. It means so much. And we have so much fun ahead as we dive into week two. And our housemates are going camping. I mean, that's not going to end badly, right? In the Big Brother house. Mm, We shall see if you have enjoyed this episode and this first week of Calamity with me. Please leave a rating and review on whatever podcasting app you're listening to us on. Or even better, recommend it to your friends via socials by tagging at He's Always Watching on Instagram in your stories. Thank you again. I can't wait to get stuck into more action from inside Britain's most famous house. That's all for now. But remember, Big Brother's not the only one who's always watching. See you soon. Glitterball Podcasts.